Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Um, we have just, a, a, again, a great day planned today. Uh, as we get ready to jump in the series, I want to uh, alert you that next week we begin a brand new series entitled Value, or I'm sorry, fa Favor. I, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll hopefully get studying for that so that I know what we're talking about. But uh, really looking forward to jumping in next week along the lines of the, how heaven sees you, how heaven values you the favor that God has upon your life that you might not realize it's there, and how that favor translates throughout your life into your children's lives, how it impacts you when you step into the workplace and you deal with other people in business. There's something special about you when you step into a relationship with God. There's a favor that you carry with you as you obey biblical principles. So we're excited about that. But this week, we're going to finish up our series entitled Jesus People. You excited about that? Come on. And as always, you can use the QR code to, take, uh, to, to dial into the speaker notes. We keep them on a public drive so that you can go back and study them later this week, talk with your family about a point that jumped out to you. But as we land this series today, we are doing a special 4 by 10 message with four different speakers, and we are so, so, so excited about that. Um, you know, sometimes in some churches that I've been a part of in the past, when the pastor doesn't speak, it's only when he's on vacation and attendance is low that day. One of the things that I get really excited about is the opportunity to have especially in-house guest speakers because attendance bigger and the messages are more exciting and people are cheering at the end and they rush the stage and celebrate the speakers pretty much like we're going to do today. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, I just love your support for our speakers, the people who deliver the word of God in the house. And today we have four fantastic people who are going to deliver a word from God, each and every one of them. And they're prepared to continue to speak on this idea of Jesus people, people who Jesus met, what he did in their lives, what's remarkable about that encounter and how it impacted their lives and how it can also impact your life. And so I just want to say of all these four speakers, the most important thing about them is not what they're going to preach today, but it's the people that they are becoming because of the what the Lord has done in their life. Amen? And so that's a big thing that we celebrate, all four of these speakers. And as they speak, I want to challenge you to do something. This is preaching and hearing the word of God is a, is a all-in, it's a team effort. And when our speakers come up, I want you just to cheer for them like they're, they're your own child or your own parent. And I want you to, as they share a good point, I want you to be all in. Let them know they're doing a great job. What you'll find is when you lean forward to celebrate the word of God being delivered, your ears will be attuned more to it and you'll receive it more. And it creates an atmosphere of faith. There's nothing worse as a speaker when I'm preaching to people who are, you know, who are on their phones and, you know, looking at messing around doing something else. It makes it difficult to deliver the word of God. But people like you, and that's who you are, people who celebrate hearing the word of God, who cheer along the way, it makes it so easy. I want you to know that. So uh, as our first speaker, Paige Ackler, comes, I want you to give him a big hand. We're excited about Paige being in the house. Drop the word, my friend. I had to drop my laptop, not the word. Got a lot of words on here that are kind of important for me this morning. Um, thank you all for the opportunity to speak. It is such an honor to be able to get up here. Um, I pray that the Lord will speak to you through me, that maybe you don't get hung up on some of my words, um, and you can actually hear what the Lord has to say despite me. Um, I am looking forward to hearing from some new speakers this morning, yes? 
Yes. We've got some old speakers as well. Next week, we'll have an even older speaker. This week is Pastor Steve's birthday today. Yes. So make sure you wish him a happy birthday. But it is truly uh, not just an honor to be up here, but an honor to be able to hear um, in this house, what I love is that it's not just the holy pastor that we come and we hear the word of God, but it's real people, right? Not that Pastor Steve isn't real, and that's what drew me to this church, is how real he is, but, but everyday people that are just like me and just like you, and then God speaks to them, and then they can come up and, and share, and I can hear God speak to me through them, and that is pretty phenomenal, yeah? So... This morning, I want to talk to you about uh, my Jesus people. Uh, the specific one is the father of the boy with an evil spirit. Guy, his, his name is not mentioned that I'm aware of, but the Bible refers to him as the father with the boy with the evil spirit. And it's a pretty clear identifying factor. I mean, major things going on in your life. If your child has an evil spirit, probably you're known for that, right? The account is found in Mark 9, 14, 29, and I would encourage you, um, download those notes, look through them. There's going to be some content in there that I might not hit, things that I skip or, um, or whatnot, so follow along there. Check my scriptures, all right? Don't take what I have to say for it. The Lord's going to speak through me, but I am a broken vessel. So um, just to, to summarize what's going on here, Jesus and a couple of the other disciples are uh, away, and they come back, and they find the disciples in a crowd and the scribes, the teachers of the law, are arguing with them, all right? And this crowd is gathered around, and there's the argument going on between the teachers of the law, the scribes, they call them, and the disciples. And Jesus comes down, and he's like, what's going on? And this guy in the crowd says, it's because of me. I brought my son to you, to your disciples, to be healed. He has an evil spirit, and I brought him to you because I need him cast out. I, I need him fixed. The evil spirit... Was, was taking over this kid, throwing him into convulsion, seizures, so much not just like seizures that we would describe today, but he was drawing this child into the water or into the fire, attempting to destroy him, right? And this is a battle. Jesus says, how long has this been going on? And he said, since he was little. So this is a, a lifelong struggle for this child and for this parent. And now, the, the disciples and the, uh, the scribes are arguing, and Jesus is like, okay, so he brought him here. Two chapters earlier, Jesus sent the disciples out and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits. This is not new, all right? They're like, yeah! But here this boy is rolling around on the ground, and the man says they couldn't do anything. He says, so you're here now. If there's anything you can do, please have mercy and, and do something. And Jesus calls him out a little bit and says, if I can do something, anything is possible for one who believes. And the man immediately cries out and says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, man, how many of you can relate to that? Okay, I believe, but Jesus, help my unbelief. And I, that's why I chose him this morning. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about a couple of the other characters in this as we lead up to this. The, the whole concept is what to do when your faith isn't working. You'll all hear this morning for a purpose. You might not know what that purpose is, but you made it here. So on some level, you believe, either you believe that Jesus is your Savior and you followed him for years and you have testimony of who he is and what he's done in your life, or you believe that somebody said that there was going to be free coffee and a barbecue, and so you showed up, right? <laughs> either way, there's some level of belief this morning. But what do you do when your belief isn't enough, when your faith isn't enough? In Mark 9, 14, 
talks about how the disciples and the scribes were arguing. Now, there is a belief through knowledge. And the scribes were known for their expertise in the law. They had studied the scriptures that were up to this point. They didn't realize they were going to be part of scripture later. But they, they knew everything to, to know about how God worked in the Old Testament um, and, and what he was planning to do and all the intricacies. They had studied it to the T. But they lacked the revelation to recognize that Jesus was right in front of them, and he's the one that they had been studying about, right? So they had a belief. They believed in God. They knew all of the history, and they trusted that, that God was real and that he was who he said he was, and he was going to do what he said he was going to do, but they didn't even see him doing it when he was doing it because they lacked that spiritual revelation. They lacked the divine impartation, right? How many of you guys know that if we polled Washington drivers on what the three lanes on the highway are for, most people would get it right, I mean, preach it, right? <laughs> How many of you know that if you get out on I-5, there's going to be some wrong people in the right lanes? Right? There's a difference between knowing and acting on what you know. That's the difference between I believe it and I believe it. Meanwhile, you have the disciples. And again, I'm not going to preach down on these guys. They have moved more mountains than I with their faith, okay? But these guys, a lot of their belief was based on experience. They didn't have all the fancy knowledge in many cases. They hadn't studied who God was and what he was about, but they had met this Jesus guy. They'd seen him do some really cool stuff, and in some cases, they had participated themselves. Peter's walking on water. I would believe a guy that said I could do that, and then I did it, right? The problem is, is sometimes they lack the spiritual understanding and the scriptural context. So they would rally up and yeah this is what we can do because we saw jesus do it and this is how he did it but when it came to it not working then we have this argument breakout you actually see it amongst the disciples many many times they're jostling around about who's in what position in the kingdom they they don't really get it right they're just along for the ride that they believe their faith is far greater than mine and and yet they struggle sometimes because if they didn't experience it they're like okay jesus said and i don't i don't understand how many times do you see the disciples experience something in a storm or there's not enough food and they're like, what do we do? And Jesus said, the same stuff we've been doing, but we haven't done this exact thing yet. Okay, so they, they lack some of the scriptural context. And you find them arguing about authority, methodology, eligibility, causality. What did this boy do? What did his father do, right? They're pointing out what should be done differently. And the man, when Jesus comes down, goes to Jesus and that's what I want to focus on, all right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a different message in a different day about what you should analyze, how you should shift your methodologies. If I'm praying against a demon, but really I just need to sleep more, all right? There's, there's an analysis that can go on. And you should know. You should study the scripture. But this message is for those of you that have studied your scripture, that are believing by faith, and still it's not moving. Whatever circumstance, whatever situation, your faith is not working. This man goes to Jesus, and when Jesus calls him out, he recognizes, I don't need to shift anything. I need Jesus to shift something. It's not me that needs to change a course of direction or my attitude towards Jesus. I need you to heal him. I believe that you can, but first I need you to heal me. Fix it. You said this is the problem. Fix it. It's a belief through relationship. So I want to encourage you this morning to first and foremost declare his lordship in your life. That's what he did when he said, 
first he started teacher, teacher, can, can you please heal him? And then he shifted quickly to, I believe, heal me, Jesus, lordship, all right? The office fans here will know Steve Carell walks out in money troubles and he says, I declare bankruptcy <laughs> with all passion and intensity. And it did nothing, <laughs> right? Sometimes we can have that passion and intensity, but until we take the actions to demonstrate lordship, right? I also want to encourage you to draw close through worship and praise. Jesus tells his disciples later on, why can't we cast this out? Jesus said, some can only be cast out through prayer. The word that, that in Greek, that prayer insinuates a worshipful pressing in. Not a God, I didn't ask. Not a God, I didn't seek the answer. It's God, I need more of you. I need impartation. I need to be close to you. And lastly, lean into his character. All right? His work in you and through you in the past. Three times Paul writes that he asked Jesus to heal him of whatever affliction it was, and three times God responded, my grace is sufficient. I want to challenge you this morning. It was not God withholding a healing. He was simply providing the answer, my grace is sufficient. Sometimes that's where we need to go. We need to recognize, step back from focusing on what's not working and why, and start focusing on Jesus, the King, the Lord of our lives. Recognize it is all about his kingdom. He'll take care of everything else. We make some tweaks along the way, but Jesus is king, and he is going to be my focus above all other things. Thank you. <laughs> I do want to give plenty of time for the next speaker, so thank you so much. Next up, we have Kim Christensen. Big round of applause. I didn't fall down on the way up here, so that's a good thing. <laughs> um, thank you. That was really good, Paige. Uh, a tough act to follow. You are always so animated and awesome. Um, but I'm super excited to be here. I'm more excited to hear what God has to say. I know what I have to say, and I'm excited to see what God says. But um, for my Jesus person, I picked Mary Magdalene. Um, I thought that she would be exciting to talk about just because um, she's a little bit mysterious. And she was mentioned so much in the Bible. Um, and then as I read more about her, there's a lot that's, that's not told about her. Um, but it starts off by saying how her seven demons were cast out by Jesus. And I just want to know, you know, what was her life like before? What were her demons? And uh, what happened with her? Because the story that we get is that from, it seems, from when her demons were cast out, she stuck with Jesus. That was it. She just kind of hung it up, and she stuck with Jesus all the way through. Um, so on that point, um, when Pastor Steve asked me to talk, I thought, um, there is nothing that I have to share that I can teach the rest of you guys. And immediately, that went straight to, like, my worth. Like, I have, you know, what, what am I going to tell you guys that you don't know? What am I going to misquote? Um, in fact, I hope it's okay if I share the story. I ordered a book about Mary Magdalene off of Amazon. It turns out it was quoting scriptures from Bible chapters I had never heard of because it was from the anti-Christianity perspective. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, um, imagine Steve's face when he read my outline from Mary chapter 7 and a bunch of other Bible books that do not exist. So um, 
I did not study that book, and I will be sending it back to Amazon. But, um, but gosh, my worthiness, like my worthiness and being worth anything comes up for me all the time. And I want to know, what did Mary think? Did she think that... Um, that that she I just feel like when God healed her when Jesus healed her she was like that's it I'm I'm totally yours and um, she didn't let her worthiness get in the way um, then she was in his inner circle um, she was mentioned all the time like through parables she was mentioned all the way through um, the crucifixion and when he was raised she was just always there with Jesus and um, I always feel like if people really knew my thoughts and feelings or my past or any of it, they wouldn't think that I even should have a chair here. And um, she didn't let that steal one day from her. It was like she was just by Jesus' side, and I love that point. Um, I used to go to church regularly, and when I went through a divorce, I bolted. I was so afraid of answering the questions about what was happening um, or what I was deciding to do. And I don't know that I would have been met with any anything but love and encouragement from people, but I was afraid. I let my worthiness take my seat away from me, which is what I needed most in that time. Um, let's see. Um, Mary... Mary realized that her worth came solely from the Lord. Um, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, uh, it is, it is, I don't know what I wrote there. Uh, it bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So um, when I set my sights on Jesus, I know where my worth comes from. When I think of it as if I was having this conversation with one of my children, I have no problem telling them what I see in them as their worth, and that's what Jesus does for me. Um, that brings tears to my eyes because I have, you know, but, um, but I let that steal days from me, and I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be like Mary. Um, my second point was to stick with Jesus. Uh, that's what she did. You know, she wasn't a dragon slayer of her day. You know, she didn't deliver. She wasn't Moses with the 40 commandments, or however many there were, <laughs> 10 commandments. <laughs> um, uh, she, she wasn't David slaying Goliath. She just hung with Jesus. And so um, that's all that we need to do. And I think sometimes I can make the smallest thing into the biggest thing. Um, I can, Steve even said, I'll let you do this as long as you don't obsess about it day and night for all the weeks up until. And so I had to stop myself a lot, write the notes, walk away, uh, check back, send in an um, outline and walk away. And uh, that is really all she did. She showed up every single day. She let Jesus heal her heart and her life, and she was just there with him. Um, for me, through COVID, COVID is what brought back our family to church uh, the voices during COVID got really, really, really loud, and I felt like I didn't have the right or the voice to be a mom anymore. I felt like I didn't know who I was, and um, it just took me a couple services of coming back, and I actually, like, yelled out to my family, like, I'm back, baby, I'm back. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I had um, the right to be a mom again and to have a voice. I felt like um, people, like, anything on TV or on the radio – it is hateful or un, uh, not uncool to be a Christian, but un, just unaccepted everywhere. It means that you're full of hate instead of the opposite has always been what I found here. And I needed a place to have my footing. I need a place to know exactly what I stand for before. And every day the world tries to take away from me who it is that I am and what I stand for. And I love Pastor Steve said a week or two ago um, that the Bible never changes. 
it never changes, unless you read my Amazon book. It's a little different. But, <laughs> uh, but I can come back to that every day. Like, the message is exactly the same. So sometimes when I feel unworthy or maybe, like, I'm not doing all the right things or uh, maybe I didn't cast out a demon for someone today, but I'm just here, and I'm just doing that next right thing that I need to do, especially when it wasn't popular. Um, so as, you know, as Jesus was being crucified, um, Everyone turned on him. Absolutely everyone turned on him. And it got to be dangerous and unsafe for her. And she stayed. And also, she, when Jesus was crucified and then she realized that he was dead, that was still her Lord. Like, she was still signed up for this, even though he wasn't alive. And she couldn't skip ahead to the next chapter and know what was going to happen. But she didn't care. She was still there, and she believed. So um, that, for me... Um, just reminds me that all we need to do is stick with Jesus and find our worth in him. That is all that we need to do. Um, I'm going to read my next verse. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, and I watched this program on TV. You guys may know what it is. I don't even remember the person whose name it was, but... There was a woman um, in the 80s who was, um, what do you call it when they take you? <laughs> yeah, abducted. Thank you. With her eight-year-old daughter. And she was held by her abductee person, abductor, for 53 days. And then um, they ended up getting away and getting home. And so she was being interviewed. She and her daughter were in here. We are 40 years later. And um, when they went to trial... The um, the person that abducted her actually got free and came up to the stand and pulled a knife on her. And so 40 years later, she still had a scar from her lips all the way to her to her ear, this big, huge scar. And so I, was, I already knew what she was going to say. She was going to say, I'm a prisoner in my home. This man has made me feel unsafe. I just had it all scripted out in my head. And the lady was a Christian, and she said, that man stole 53 days from me. He's not going to steal one more day from me with this big scar on her. And I just was, like, stunned, like, wow. And uh, that story came forward for me again, thinking about Mary, just um, whatever happened with her, with her demons. She hung it up, and she just hung with Jesus, and that was it. And um, I know I struggle with my anxiety every single day. Um, I don't want to lose one more day to that. I don't want to miss out on these 40 minutes of what you guys have because of that. So um, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. And I get to welcome Sam. So I just, uh, I'm kind of nervous, but that's okay. It's my first time doing this. But uh, just wanted to thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, thanks, Kim, for, uh, you know, that was a really great message, just talking about anxiety. Like, I also struggle with anxiety. I'm having anxiety right now. So <laughs> uh, just wanted to thank you guys all. It's, uh, it, you, you guys feel like you guys are just um, part of my family, and I just uh, really appreciate re re appreciate everyone. So, and um, the one thing I thought when uh, Pastor Steve asked me to speak was not to embarrass myself. I just was like, I just don't want to embarrass Pastor Steve. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be speaking on Paul the Apostle. Um, I I chose Paul because um, I can I can relate to his story. Um, just in the fact that our past doesn't define our future, 
Um, you don't need to have lived a perfect life in order to follow Jesus. And uh, God can actually use um, your past for your future. Um, and uh, so Paul, Paul wasn't an original apostle, um, but Jesus still chose him. And he actually wrote two-thirds of the uh, New Testament. So, um, so my first point is Paul had a come-to-Jesus moment. Um, in Acts chapter 9, verse 3 through 5, it says, Now he went on his way, he approached, or now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are pers persecuting. Paul was deeply impacted after meeting Jesus, but he wasn't, he wasn't, ready to start his journey as soon as as, as soon as he had his uh, had his come to Jesus moment he wasn't just instantly okay yeah I'm ready to go take on the world um, and Acts chapter 9 it talks about how for uh, for three days he was um, without sight and he either ate nor drank um, and uh, I myself had a similar come to Jesus moment um, I was uh, I was living with a girl um, I was, uh, that I wasn't married to. I was living selfishly in the way I wanted, and I, uh, I was in a lot of uh, college debt, financial trouble. And um, one night after, uh, after I was out uh, partying, I, was, uh, I decided I'm going to go to my mom's church. And so I, uh, I went there, and all of a sudden I was just filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with... Um, just this uh, new uh, desire to, I was like, wow, I need to, I need to change my life. But I still felt like the weight of the world was on me. And, um, you know, a, a healing time was, was still needed before I was ready to kind of step into the, um, the, the journey that God had, had called me on. Um, so, you know, Jesus had, or uh, Paul had the same kind of experience. He was, uh, he, um, he had to, uh, sorry, I'm just re reading my notes. He, you know, Ananias uh, prayed for him, and he had something like scales fall, fall from his eyes, and then he was rose and was baptized. So for me, you know, I knew, to, I knew that I needed to right some wrongs, but, um, but eventually, you know, just like Paul, God was going to heal all that had been broken. Um, so my next, uh, my next point was um, Paul was transformed. Um, he, he was transformed. He, he preached the gospel and changed how he had been living. In, uh, um, in Acts chapter 9, verse 22, it says, but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Was, was the Christ. Um, I, I took steps to change my own life. Uh, I moved out of where I was living. I I started attending church, and I started really looking at the world uh, differently. And I, I realized that um, that what we do in this life um, matters, and that there is more to there's there's more to life than living for yourself. Um, you know, there's and you know, life to in order for me to have a fulfilling life, I realized that I needed to. Um, I needed to serve others. I needed to be a part of uh, of the community. I needed to be part of um, uh, 
uh, a Christian community, and then I also, um, you know, I, I needed to be in the world, but I needed to not be of the world. Um, but, you know, it was, uh, but, and I, I'm a person that I really, you know, I want people to like me. Um, and what I realized, though, is even if you make these changes, like, people are still going to, um, people are still possibly going to gonna hate you. And, and even if you made, <laughs> even if you made a good, even if you've made a good decision um, for, for Christ and lived the way Christ wants you to, like, some people aren't, aren't going to like that. And uh, it was a similar for Paul in Acts 9.23. You know, it talks about uh, when many days had passed, the, the Jews plotted to kill him. Um, they were, people were mad at Paul for, uh, for making the change that, that, he, that he did. I mean, he was, he, was, um, he was a Jew that was up and coming, and he um, just, he, he had, he, he knew what he was, quote unquote, knew what he was supposed to supposed to do in life, and a lot of people gave him support on, you know, persecuting Christians, and then all of a sudden, now he becomes, uh, he becomes a Christian himself, and it, it made people, made people angry, and, and me, myself, I, you know, I lost friends, um, they said, they said I had changed, and that they, they, they didn't like who I'd, I had become, and they, they wanted the old Sam back, <laughs> and, um, but the truth is, I, I couldn't go back. Uh, you know, God had changed my life. I, I had been transformed, and you know, yeah. You know, and, and um, but when you make that change, uh, sometimes it, it takes time to prove that that you're different. Um, it was the same for for Paul. People were afraid of him in Acts chapter nine, verse twenty six to twenty seven. Um, it talks about just. He, had, he attempted to join disciples, and they were all afraid of him, and he had to have Barnabas come and say, hey, um, actually, no, he, he, really has, he really has changed. And then he started, uh, but he, he started preaching boldly regardless, he, and, he, and he preached with confidence because, because he had transformed, he knew, that, um, he knew that he could stand on truth, and he knew that he could stand on the word of God, and he had the confidence of Christ to continue just um, telling people the truth, even if uh, people didn't like it. So, um, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I realized, too, that we need to be in, I needed to be intentional about my relationship with Christ, that, of course, we are saved by grace, but um, but our, a relationship still takes effort on our part, Um you know, for me, I, uh, I I started reading my Bible and gaining knowledge. But you know, just gaining knowledge for yourself um, isn't you know that it's it's better to share what you have learned to people. And then um, for me, I you know I I just started making changes through this transformation. I I, I live differently. I um, but at the same time, uh, it just because you live differently doesn't mean that um, everyone's going to like it. You know, you can, you can try appeasement with people, and, some, and that, that doesn't always work. Uh, <laughs> I tried living with one foot in and one foot out, and, um, and it just made me miserable. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, um, but what I realized is that, you know, I can love others and, and be kind and, and um, show them, uh, just show them love, and, but rejection still may, may occur, and you know what? That's okay. <laughs> um, 
So just kind of in summary, I just wanted to talk about, you know, God, God gets our attention sometimes, and uh, he allows bad things to happen. Um, and, uh, but it's more of a wake-up call. And, but we don't, we don't have to wait for something bad to happen. You know, we can seize the moment right now. We can make a change right now. And, and God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. Um, and sometimes he might need to get our attention, but he does plan to bless all of us. And um, even if life gets hard, um, God has our best interest, interest in mind. Um, he will make our life better. Um, just We just need to trust God and trust the plan. And um, our past doesn't define our future. But yeah, thanks everyone for letting me speak. <laughs> Can we give it up one more time for all our speakers? Isn't that crazy? I think these Sundays are probably some of my favorites, being able to hear from different people. It's, it's cool, and I was excited that I was chosen as one of the people that got to speak. So um, just to jump right in, the person I chose to speak about is Judas Iscariot, and it's, I title it, It's Up to Us. You're probably like, that doesn't make any sense. It'll make sense. Just a second. I'll tell you a little bit about um, Judas. We all know the story about how he betrayed Jesus, right? That's who that guy was. Um, so what intrigued me more was the fact that he lived around Jesus. He was, he was chosen out of all the people, one of 12 people. He was chosen to be around Jesus by Jesus. So he was always around Jesus. He was always around Jesus' teachings. He was always around um, the other disciples. He was always around the opportunities, all the miracles. He was around all of that. He, had, he was chosen to um, handle the money, and he, was, he had the skills to do that. He had the knowledge. He, he had the opportunities, skills, all of that of a lifetime, right? In my mind, I'm like, what would, why, how does that, how, what, how is he still betraying Jesus? How is he still stealing money? For me, I saw it as he had an unchecked heart, that he had not addressed what was going on inside of him, that it remained, con it just continued on, and he never actually addressed what was going on inside of him. So my takeaway from his life and that era of his life, life is that even though I have been given talents, even though I have been given opportunities, it is possible for me to never experience all of God's blessings. It's possible for me to not experience success. It's possible for me to not experience the things that God has for me, either because I'm lazy, either because I make excuses because of my circumstances or because of people around me, or because I'm just completely oblivious and I don't take the time to actually check my heart. So, um, and all that can lead to us getting off track, falling short of God's ultimate plan for our lives, right? So I have two points just to give you guys. Super easy, two. So the first one is check your heart regularly. In Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it on a day and night so you will be sure to do to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So let's be honest with ourselves, with where we're at, because change can't happen unless we actually understand what the actual issue is. 
there's an issue and we don't figure out what the issue is, we can't fix the issue, right? And so, yeah, change can't happen until we do, until we do that and until we're brutally honest with ourselves. Everyone has something in their lives that they can work on. If you think that there's nothing going on in your heart, in your life, that you're like, oh, I should probably address it. If you don't think that there's something like that, you probably need more than heart check. You might need an ego check, okay? So it's about being brutally honest. Where am I? What do I need to work on? Where am I falling short? I'm going to be honest with you. What I'm speaking on currently is my number one thing that I am currently working on. So just, oh, yeah, now you see what I'm working on. So um, just you can pray to God, read the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to open, those, open your eyes to what you need to fix, or you can ask a leader. You can ask them, hey, is there something that I can be better at, do better? What can I do? Ask a parent. Don't be afraid to ask your parents. I have a um, standing meeting on Fridays with my boss. And I love and hate to ask the question, is there anything that I could be doing better, anything that you don't like what I'm doing, anything that I can fix? And I hate it because obviously we like to have our downfalls and shortcomings pointed out, right? Yes. But I love it because it gives me the opportunity to fix something and to be better and to do better for them. Um, so check your heart regularly. Number two. Be intentional and expect results. So um, in Proverbs 10, verse 4, well, I'll love this. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. And that doesn't have to apply to just your finances, right? It applies to, uh, let's say you have trauma in your past. Lazy people, if you don't address it, you don't figure out what's going on, will be soon poor, will soon experience the rep repercussion, is that I say that? Repercussion, I don't know, I think I say that weird. Anyways, the reper repercussions, <laughs> anyways, English, of that trauma not being addressed. But if you work hard and you go get help, you go get counseling, you seek prayer, you seek leaders' encouragement, you will soon be rich. Same thing can apply to all circumstances, all of your life. If you want to experience a successful business, Hard work. If you want to experience a healthy marriage, hard work. If you want to experience um, joy, hard work. It's not, it's not about letting our circumstances just happen because that's what Judas did. He just lived life. He didn't address an obvious, we can see it now, but he probably didn't even know. He probably didn't even address the fact that there wasn't even a heart issues because he wasn't intentional about it. And that's why I want to encourage us to be intentional about making that change, that is hard work. It, it, it just is. I mean, God is there, and he's ready to bless you. He's ready to bless you with a healthy, a healthy marriage. He's ready to give you um, joy. He's ready to give you uh, peace. He's ready to give you healed a healed heart from your past. He's ready to give you all these things, success in your business, success in your dreams, success in your talents. He's ready to give that to you, but it's also on us to be intentional about doing that and doing the hard work and also expecting results because God wants to see us in a healthy relationship with him and he wants to see us um, in experience the blessings of being in a healthy relationship with him, right? So 
um, success and all that kind of stuff, it, it just it takes us being intentional. It takes us being um, ready to do the hard work. So I have a verse that I didn't put on the board because I thought of it last minute. Um, Isaiah 30, verse 18 through 19, it says, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him. The Lord must wait for you to come to him, right, so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord, well, excuse me, I'm choking. The Lord is a faithful God. The Lord is a faithful God. How many of you know that he's a faithful God? He is a faithful God. Blessed, blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. If you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. There's a, a woman in the Bible. This isn't part of the character, but her name's Hannah. She couldn't have a baby, and so she went and prayed at the altar and cried hysterically. But she went to the altar. She did her part. She sought God. She prayed and she prayed and she did her work. She did what she needed to, and God blessed her with a baby. If, if we're willing to do the work, we're willing to be honest with ourselves about where we're at, willing to be honest about our shortcomings, willing to be honest about this area of my life is not where I want it to be, and we're willing to not be lazy, we're willing to not make excuses about and blaming people, blaming the fact that uh, we had bad upraising or whatever, that we can take responsibility for our lives hand in hand with God, that God is, once we get in line with him and we walk towards him passionate about it and just ready to do it and ready to commit and say, I want this better life. This is how I want my life to go. This is, I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to do whatever I need to. God bless me as I take each step as you've promised to be faithful to me, right? So, yeah, so just to recap, be honest, do a regular, please, I can't emphasize that, regular heart check. I'm doing that all the time. I'm telling you, this is my number one thing that I need to fix for myself, a regular heart check, and then being intentional about making those changes, being intentional and expecting results, proclaiming God's blessings in our lives. Thank you. Come on, give them a big, 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 big hand. Guys, great, great, great job. It's phenomenal. Uh, the worship team is going to go ahead and come up, and I think we're going to sing the reprise to that, uh, one of our songs. Um, but in the process, um, I want you to stand with me, and I want to I challenge you just with a quick thought, okay? Um, you guys can take, go ahead and take this so that I don't knock it off. Sam, you want to do me a favor? Can you grab that? I know that you spoke today, but... Look, the man said he is serving, right? That's what he preached on. Thank you, sir. Um, while you're standing here, I just want you to look for a second, five years into the future. You and who you are in the things of God. Now, if you're not in a relationship with God, I, I want to challenge you this morning to look into your future and imagine the difference between five years from now of walking with God versus five years continuing it to do it your way. I don't know about you, but the thought of doing it my way, because I've seen my way, is terrifying. It's terrifying to me. 
But having walked with Jesus for a lot of years, 29 years old that I am today, ish, let's be honest, it's ish, I could tell you what, that the adventures that I've had and the people that I know and the amazing, amazing experiences that I've had and some really, really hard days where God showed up and showed me that he is the way maker, I'm telling you. I've watched him turn water into wine. I have seen him do the miraculous. Some of you are bodies healed in this house because of the amazing God that we serve. I would challenge you to dream about the future. And I want to invite you, if you're not currently serving Jesus, today, today's the day. Today's the day that you step up and get right with God and say, I say yes. And in the process of saying yes, you can expect some of these great stories of transformation, of healing, of your heart being corrected so that you can stop being a dirty-hearted person and be a more clean-hearted person. And the, the trajectory of your life will be so much better. Your life is not a byproduct of circumstances. Your heart is what's led you to where you're at right now. It's just the truth. And so I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. And for the rest of you who have already said yes to Jesus, I want you to take the words that have been given to you, take them to heart, and dream about the future. Some of you will be preaching in the next three or four by ten. God's going to use you, and someone's going to give their life to him because of the words that you've said. God's going to use some of you because you're going to get involved with technology, and in the process, you're going to get the word of God out into the airwaves. And while there's all that other garbage going on, someone's going to discover who they are in Christ because of your artistry or your work. Some of you are going to write songs. Some of you are going to start businesses, not just so you can make money, but it's the dream of helping people to make money for their families and build a product that changes the world or just makes everyday life better. Amen? God is going to use you in the future, but when you walk with him, that's the catalyst for your best life. Your best life. You can have a decent life without him, some of you. Me, not so much. You can have a lousy life without him. But even if you could have a decent life without him, your best life will only ever be achieved by walking with him. Amen? That is the fact. The fact in eternity certainly is the better because of your walk with him. So why don't you bow your head with me, and we're going to sing this final song, but let me pray over you. Father... Today, I say yes. Come on, say that with me. I say yes. Father, I say yes to you. I say yes to your word. I say yes to your son, his amazing sacrifice for my sin. I say yes to forgiveness. I say yes to forgiveness. I don't deserve it, but it was paid for, so I say yes. I say yes to transformation that while my best efforts are never going to produce the best version of me, you in my life, you will transform things. I won't just, it's not just behavior modification. It's heart transformation. I can become the best version of myself because you're the one at work in my life. So I say yes to you. Holy Spirit, I say yes to you living within my life, guiding me every step of the way. I say yes to obeying your word. I say yes to seeing the outcome of obedience. I say yes to a life of trusting you. I say yes to a life of faith. I say, come on, say it with me. I say yes. Say it again. I say yes. Look at the person next to you and say, I say yes. Come on, look him in the eye, grab him, say, I say yes. By the word of your mouth, by the confession of your mouth, you're saved. I say yes.
Now, if that's the first time today that you've said yes, make sure you let somebody know that. We've got a book called Following Jesus. We want to get in your hands if you stop by Connect Center. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.